The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and Friends. Episode 167 of the Boys of Tech, New Zealand's longest running tech podcast. This episode is for the week commencing 21st of May 2012. I'm here in the studio in Wellington, New Zealand. My name's Edwin Herman and joining me also in Wellington but over Skype is Brett King. Welcome to the show, Brett. Howdy. Oh, look, I know what you've been doing all week. You've been playing Diablo 3. I have indeed. I was going to say, am I right or am I right? <laughs> All right, before we talk about well, actually, we'll get uh, your opinion on that very shortly, but I also want to introduce one of our other regular panellists, Ben Sunko. Welcome to the show, Ben. Oh, hi. Hey, have you also been, are you into Diablo 3 as well, or is that not right? Uh, I'm on the cuff. I'm pretty tempted to, to get this stuck in. Right, so you're not right in there from day one, but certainly within a week or two, you'll be you'll be stuck in, right? Yeah, I think so. Right. Okay, we have a third panellist as well, and in fact, I think this might be, his, if I'm correct, his third appearance here, former Young Engineer of the Year. I'd like to welcome to the show Asim Mishra, joining us over Skype from York in Britain. Welcome to the show, Asim. <laughs> Good morning, Edwin. I'm Brett. I'm Ben. Morning. Hi. What's it like at the moment in, in York? I guess it's summer over there, and we're heading in. well, coming up to summer, we're heading into winter. Is it warming up well, over, over there? Um, not really. It's probably the same, the same weather. It's, it's still quite cold and cloudy here. All right. Sounds, sounds a bit like here at the moment. <laughs> Look, uh, it's great to have you back on the show. And in fact, can you tell us, what have you been up to in the last little while? I mean, when we last talked to you, we talked to you before when your drum pants came out, and then we talked to you a little bit after, because I think you went to the US to a competition, a science competition, I think, or something. Is that right? Yeah, um, yeah, I'd gone to LA for ISA, the Intel Science and Engineering Fair. That's um, right. And yeah, that, that was yeah, and that was an amazing experience. And we talked, um, yeah, and we talked to you when you came back from there. And since then, what's been happening? Well, um, since then, uh, admittedly, not much. Uh, I I had um, just last November, I won an, uh, another award for the drum trousers. I won this uh, Smart Materials Award. Oh right, um, and they, and I was they were very kind enough to give me uh, a, a bursary uh, as the award prize. So I'm, I received a, I got a new laptop for myself. <laughs> oh, very good, excellent. So who's uh, what, what organization is is that through? Um, it, it was through the Drapers Company um, and the Engineering Trust. Um, they'd done like a combined. Competition. It was really nice. I got a, it was a chance to go down to London and meet new people. It was a very good experience. Wow, London! Did you meet the Queen? <laughs> no, no, I didn't meet the Queen. <laughs> I'd love to meet the Queen. I'd love to meet her. It's one of his swear, biggest I, dreams. I swear you asked me that last time. <laughs> oh, that's right. I might have said that. Yeah. Whenever, whenever we have someone from Britain on, I mention that. I managed to slip that in there somehow. <laughs> yeah. Do you know the Queen? <laughs> number one, do you know the Queen? And number two, uh, can I meet her? <laughs> yeah, that's number right. Three, can I drive around in a bus? 
Hey, yeah, hey, you're you're right, Ben. You are so right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've got me worked out to it down to a T. All right, look. Uh, so you, you're now at university, I, I take it, right? Yes, that's right. Um, I'm studying medicine uh, in York. Oh, very good. Uh, yeah. And the, the university you're studying at is it, it's the University of York. Oh, it is it's, the University of York, really is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. That, that's <laughs> it, it, a, an original it, it, name, it, it, isn't it? It's uh, uh, yeah. Um, it's in it's in the city of York. Oh, York! Oh, okay. <laughs> what a coincidence! <laughs> oh, look, you guys, you're terrible. All right, so, so very no, very good. That that's really good. In fact, medicine will uh, you'll certainly go a long way with it. I'm sure. The other thing before we head into the uh, this week's stories, well, I guess, uh, in fact, this could be one of this week's stories, and that is, of course, Diablo three being released. I understand. The uh, the good news apparently is that it's getting some rave reviews, uh, as was expected. But the bad news is, uh, I understand that the whole online network was grinding to a halt. Who, who can confirm <laughs> this? Can you confirm that, Brad? Yes, yes. They um, everything fell over after the launch of it, and all of the servers went live, and then suddenly nobody could connect. It was frustrating and rather hilarious because I was watching a um a YouTube of a what was going to be a speed run of Diablo 3 from Day9 TV who is a in the StarCraft professional video games um community who he is well known and yeah nobody could connect and it was quite hilarious actually all the stuff that came out of it, everybody was getting error 37 and then suddenly hash error 37 became a trending topic on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> as, as it goes now. So did mm. you, did it write itself quickly after that? Oh, uh, an hour or so later, I finally got on and I played through the night and then they had more issues the next day and they took it. It's been going up and down for the first day and then since then, they've basically taken it down each night. So did they just get a, a lot more demand than they expected? Was it just really sort of an unprecedented level of of play? I'm not 100% sure, but I would say it is probably a little bit of column A in that they got way more people trying to connect at the very get-go than they had expected and a little of column B where they decided not to put in as much capacity as they knew because obviously people had pre-ordered this thing. A lot of people had pre-ordered this, so they knew numbers already. But I think part of it was they didn't put in enough to fully cope with that massive amount of numbers knowing that within the first couple of days, the number consecutively on would have tapered off. See, I right. wonder if they just forgot about the fact that the game has to be connected the whole time. So when it, when the servers oh, it's entirely down, possible that they are, that somebody also forgot the fact that everybody playing single player still needs to be connected. Yeah. So when the servers <laughs> went down, you couldn't play single player, could you? No. Well, that's no. interesting. See, that's, it that's is. It stuff. is a, a. It's your even single player is multiplayer, which puts a hell of a lot more load on the servers. And you wonder if they just didn't even think about that. Mm. Well, it's yeah. I I can see the there are advantages to the fact that it is even the single player is online. Uh it means that when you're 
whatever character you're playing can be used wherever you want. Because if they'd done it like Diablo 2, which had your single player and then it had Battle.net play, the Never the Twain could meet for any of those characters. You could not do yeah. anything with your single player character on Battle.net and you couldn't do anything in, on, in single player with your Battle.net character. So, yeah, it's it's got pros and cons, but there yeah, was... There were huge, huge um, walls on the forums with the people coming out in defense of both systems. <laughs> I mean, I can, I can certainly see the benefits of, of forcing the online connection, but when your servers can't handle it, it's like those benefits all go out the window pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So presumably they're going to be adding capacity. Well, I don't think they need to. It's now perfectly fine. Oh, is it? So, yeah, I've right. not had so, any issues whatsoever. So that was the, just the initial yeah, sort of boost. I think it, this was all because it was such a big thing that basically almost everybody who bought the game wanted to play it at exactly the same time. Okay. And yeah. all of those yeah. connections could not be handled. Whereas now that we're a few days afterwards, we're back, we're into the regular sort of cycle that this game will exist in globally and so we're not getting that same sort of congestion all at once because it was a, a worldwide single release for the Americas and it was only the Americas that were having the issue the European servers and the Asia servers were working fine apparently there was a problem with the European installer though or something yeah yeah the, the European, European installer it was, I think that you're talking about the Era 12, where it didn't yeah. think that your account was licensed. Yeah. It's like what you're trying to play the game with a Battle.net account that wasn't licensed, even though your Battle.net account was licensed. <clears throat> yeah, you got that on day one with any of the, uh, with any of the clients, because when I couldn't connect to the Americas and I was just going to go, eh, I'll potter around for a bit on one of the other servers. I've got Era 12s trying to connect to the European server. Was it was only afterwards that I read the fact that you should connect to your realm server first, your region server first, before you attempt to play on any of the others. But you can play on whichever server you want. So if you want to play with everybody in the UK, then you can just tell your client to connect to their European servers. But you have to connect to your region servers first. Was Era 12 trending on Twitter as well? Uh, mm, I don't know. I only know Era 37 was. I was watching oh. YouTube streams of people retweeting stuff about Era 37. Ah, uh, right. Yeah, Era, Era, that reminds me of Era 36 on the Mac. Anyone who uses a Mac will know Era 36. Awful. Annoying. Anyway, um, so in terms, of, in terms of the gameplay, what, what do you reckon, Brett? What, how would you rate Diablo 3? I think it's awesome. So it's lived up to its uh, up to the hype. Yeah, yeah. The story is brilliant. It carries on perfectly from the the others, and in the mythos of that entire IP, you know, the whole Diablo IP, the gameplay is what you should be expecting from a Diablo type game. They've brought in the appropriate characters, character classes, and. They each one of them plays slightly differently, so it's got even more delineation than it had in Diablo 2, which had significantly more delineation than what Diablo 1 had. And so you've got everything from your easy mode barbarian character, which is basically your stand there 
and get hit on and hit things back all the way to your demon hunter which has to manage two different kinds of resources for doing its abilities so it makes you actually have to play and change your strategy when you play one of the other characters so i liked it i think it's brilliant and it's got its randomly generated terrain maps and randomly placed dungeons and things so it's got everything that makes a diablo game a diablo game have you played multiplayer much I played my first games of multiplayer today, and the improvements to multiplayer are phenomenal. When you kill something and it drops fat loot, that fat loot is for you. What the loot you see that drops from chests and from monster kills is only seen and pick upable by your character. All of the other characters get their own loot. However, once you've got your loot and you drop loot, that loot is then seen by everybody. So if you, in your drop, get an awesome piece of something for somebody else in your party, you can drop that back on the ground and tell them to pick it up. Or you can use the secure trade facility, which they've got on there as well. What's that? Is that for exchanging items? Yeah, so you can securely exchange stuff. You know, I I give this bow and you give me 100 gold for it. Right, so there's no race condition. Yeah. And the ability to teleport directly to wherever the guys are. So if you had... You know, you've just gotten killed somewhere on a map and the rest of you guys have forged ahead while you went to take a bathroom break. Uh, when you come back, you just need to be in the town and click on the banner of the other players and you will immediately teleport to where they currently are. So it's no more oh, having cool. to run to catch up to people. Are there any buses in the town and can you drive them? Uh, there are no buses. It is a fantasy town. Oh. They teleport. They don't bus. Well, well fair you enough. Could, you could start a walking bus though, Ed. Yeah, walking bus. Yeah, well, you know, it's not quite the same. No, no, I, I have not seen any bus expansions planned for Diablo 3. Okay, well, it won't be a game for me, that's for sure. But you knew that anyway, <laughs> didn't you, Brett? I, I, I did kind of know that. <laughs> oh, good, excellent. So, look, you're having a lot of fun playing that. Sounds like Ben's going to get into it as well. What about you, Asim? Are you, into, are you a gamer? Are you going to look into Diablo 3? Um, I um, I I played a few games, but I've never really um, played these big online type games like Diablo, Diablo and such. Um, however, I do plan on starting to play Minecraft soon. <laughs> All right, did you? Isn't that one you played, Brett? Yeah, yeah, I I I played it quite a lot. Waiting for Diablo three, I have some very large constructions underway. I have one quarter scale. I have a one quarter scale construction of the Great Pyramid of Giza, currently underway in Minecraft. Oh, that's cool! It's going to take me a long time because it takes a lot of sand to make sandstone to build a pyramid. Do you have a cat fountain? A what? A cat fountain. A cat fountain. Yeah. No, I don't. Oh, you should build one of those. A fountain shaped like a cat. No, a fountain that spurts out cats. I'm pretty <laughs> sure there's a YouTube video of it. Oh, right. Okay, this is in reference to a meme of some sort. or, or No, a... this is there's a Minecraft. There's a, oh, there's, a, oh, okay. there's a bug in Minecraft that lets you um, generate endless supply of cats. So there's like a cat oh. fountain. Oh, is that right? Uh, I have not yeah. seen that. I was yeah, wondering what you YouTube. mean. <laughs> I have not seen that at all. Well, I do I... have a flying pig. Because I... I Are you a flying I pig? Built a, I built a giant... Pig with wings uh, above somebody else's house. Did you fill it with helium or something? 
No, no, it's made of wool. Because <laughs> it's the only pink thing you can get. Look, and you it took and, a long people, time to get a lot of that many pink pieces of wool. You know, I'm listening to this, and people make fun of me for playing bus driving games. I mean, you know, suddenly <laughs> I feel quite I play, normal. I play, I play <laughs> online Lego set, basically. I know that. that would Where be you cool. have to make your own pieces of Lego. Yeah, that would be cool. I, I, that would I'd be that's what Minecraft is, Ed. Minecraft is online Lego where you have to make your own Lego pieces. But it's not Lego. But there is a Le- isn't there a Le- an actual Lego game? I'm sure there is. Yes, I, I th- Minecraft. There's not. Yeah. Well. Mojang have got together with Lego to produce Minecraft Legos. Oh, okay. I see. I thought they had their own. Oh thing. yeah. I watched the Lego. You Star do get the Lego version. Oh, I see. Okay, so I didn't realize it. I thought that was a, a, a completely separate thing. Okay, let's get into the other stories for this week. Some of these will, uh, I think, will generate a little bit of debate. The first one I want to talk about is pirate pay. And yes, you heard correct. That's P-A-Y, not B-A-Y. Pirate pay is a Russian outfit that, for a small fee, will try to take down torrents. And, of course, their customers, uh, strangely enough, the recording industry and the, you know, the music and the motion picture industry. What do you think about this? What do you think about Sony hiring pirate pay to somehow, and people don't quite know exactly what they're doing, but they think it's something like a DDoS attack or something similar, effectively using that to take down torrents? Uh, isn't that a little like terrorism? Well, you know, this is the conundrum, isn't it? I mean, I think this is the big thing that people have trouble accepting this. It could potentially just force people into paid services, which gives the people they're trying to stop more money and more power. Yeah, yeah, and it's even if it does solve the solution now, it won't solve it for very long because the peer-to-peer networks are constantly adapting to different threats. It's the whole point of peer-to-peer is that they have the ability to, you know, they are have the robustness to. Um, deal with different attacks on the information that they are providing. So, yeah, the peer-to-peer networks will just adjust and adapt. And it would, (laughs) there are already IP filters you can get where you just download from the internet a complete list of, a blacklist of IP addresses and you load yeah. that into your different peer-to-peer software and bada-bing, you're no longer interfered with by any of the IPs on that address list. So you're saying they'll, over time, they'll just get to know the IPs of... Oh, rather pir- quickly. Rather quickly, the IP addresses that are being used to support this software will appear on these different lists. You know, this it's, is- it's only natural. It's It's... It will adjust and adapt around it. So if they want to make money with it, they'll have to make money with it quickly. <laughs> they'll make money. People, like these companies aren't looking for a solution to this. They're looking for a news headline that makes it look like they're looking for a solution. Because if you look at the two camps, on the one side, you've got people that are doing it because they generally love the actual items themselves that they're distributing. And they're going to work. You know they're going to spend all their spare time to get this to get this working again. On the other side, if someone for a paycheck, working for a big corporate that doesn't care about them, producing a piece of software, they just want to go home at the end of the day. I mean, mm. there's there's no competition there. One side is always going to win. Yeah. You know, Microsoft also backed this. They invested one hundred thousand dollars. Microsoft Russia. 
Microsoft well, sorry, Russia. Microsoft Russia, correct. I, I don't even know there was a Microsoft Russia. Well, I mean, uh, there's well, Microsoft well, every country. Yeah, there's Mi- yeah, there's Microsoft New Zealand. Yeah. If there's Microsoft New Zealand, there's bound to be Microsoft Russia. But yeah, yeah I mean, it, Microsoft New Zealand's just Jeff up the road who, you know, works part time. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. <laughs> uh, I, I actually agree with the, um, the quotes and the, the, the professor they've got from the University of Cambridge and his quote, you don't solve social issues with technical fixes. This is a, a social issue and the technology that supports it is designed in such a way to be able to easily work around attacks such as this. It's what the internet was built for. The internet was built to be robust and work around these different types of attacks. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think for me, what, I guess one of the biggest things really is, well, Pirate Pay haven't said exactly, and I've mentioned this before, they haven't said exactly what they're doing, but analysts believe it's something to do with, uh, you know, sending a lot of data, a lot of rubbish data into the torrents to basically render them useless, kind of like a, a DDoS, yeah. uh, sort of polluting it, if you like. Uh, yeah. No one knows for sure, but that's what analysts believe is being done. And I think and that, will- that the, the, the problem there, of course, is that is it okay for... So, take Sony Pictures for example. Is it okay for Sony Pictures to pay Pirate Pay to do this? Because that sort of activity normally isn't is, is frowned upon, which is probably one of the reasons why it comes out of Russia at the and, moment, because because the rules are pretty lax there. But at the same time, the other one's saying you shouldn't be pirating either. So how does that work? Yeah, exactly. It's. But I guess with with this Pirate Pay, it seems that it targets like one one torrent. And I guess in some point of view, one torrent is better than blocking one torrent would be better than blocking all torrents. Everything. Yeah, actually, you do have a point. Mm. So, so the way it yeah. works, as you uh, um, as you implied there, Asim, is that Sony, for example, will go to Pirate Pay and say, "Look, we've got a movie coming out called X Y Z. I want you to start killing that torrent now for the next three months or whatever it is, and I'll target that." You know, very torrent yeah. for a fee. So you're absolutely right. They're not. They're not trying to kill Peter P. They're trying to just kill a specific torrent, or a, mm. uh, or torrents that contain that that but, movie or that yeah, it, piece of the, IP. The system is just is too robust to suffer through that for very long. Mind you, if they focus on something like that, people might not care. I mean, I personally don't have a problem if they go after just stopping the most current thing. Like, leave everything else alone and just go after the most current thing. It's like, yeah. okay, fine, do that. I'll support you. Oh, well, <laughs> and there's, yeah, mm-hmm. there's no harm supporting any of that sort of stuff because these systems will adapt to no longer allow it. So... Like I said at the beginning, if Pirate Pay want to make money out of this, then they should go ahead and do it right now. I can't. It won't I can't be long see... before they no longer make money out of it. And the other thing is, I can't see Pirate Pay running out of a country like, for example, Britain or the US or New Zealand, for that matter, where there is some finer control about the. the things you can do over the networks. Yeah, correct. That, that's the other, yeah, exactly. All right, so the other thing, the other big story this week, in the week just been, is the, the whole debate about ads on Facebook. Do they work? GM, General Motors, says no, they don't, and they're pulling out. They've, they've withdrawn, oh, goodness knows how many millions from, from that. And other studies show that the click-through rate on Facebook 
is no more than what's expected on the web anyway, therefore saying the targeted aspect of the ads is worth nothing. Yeah, well, I, I highly agree with them. Yeah, would you say? Yeah. Are you, are you it, surprised? So you're not surprised, face, Brett? No, I'm not surprised at all. Heck, I'm surprised that people make money from advertising anyway because I, I, I never click ads. And I'm sure there's got to be at least one other person out there who's like me and never clicks ads. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you find Ever since ads have shown fact, up, it's I've I've developed these blocks <laughs> where I I barely yeah. recall certain parts of pages because I focus on the parts of the page that I actually want, and I, I don't notice that there's oh look there's a column down the side which is full of ads trying to make me click on things which I don't want so I won't. So. Yeah, and and Facebook is just a another web page. In a nutshell, it yeah. is a web page. So why would it be different? Well, well, the theory there is that you should be able to target the ads should or at least could be targeted because they know what you're interested in, they know who you follow, all that sort of stuff, all the content associated with you is there. They should be able mm-hmm. to target ads far more specifically than the web where you've got a website and yeah, okay, there's but, a certain number of or certain interest in that particular website, but Beyond that, you don't know much else. But regardless, it's still your habit of clicking. And if you're not a person who is in the habit of clicking on adverts or paying attention to the advertising that's on the web, then you're not going to, regardless of whether or not it's a advert for a face scrub where you had just read a page about a face scrub. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to bring Asim into this. Asim, what was your comment? Yeah, um, I was just saying, like... With ads on things like on the side of Google and in Facebook, they're still just, I still feel that they still feel slightly dodgy. Like they don't feel completely legit to me. Yeah, I, yeah, I still have that. I've got that. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Leftover yeah. from the, 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 the beginning days. Italic. Yeah, yeah, I, I, know, I know what you mean. You sometimes worry about clicking on that thing, thinking, what is this going to do? Indeed. Yeah. Because even, you know, the, they're paid to advertise these things and anybody could pay to have their page, which is to a dodgy site, placed in there. Yeah, they'll take money from anyone. Yeah. Well, you know, more or less. But you have to look at the, the way that people browse on Facebook as well. Like someone's going to go to Facebook and potentially spend quite a lot of time going to quite a lot of pages. The expectation that they're going to click on an ad on every third page is ridiculous. And a lot of the time, they're probably going, logging in, looking for a friend, looking for something else, typing yeah, a message, doing something fun. else. They could be, there could be twenty clicks before they've even even had an idea that there's an ad on that page. Whereas someone on Google is going to search for something, they're going to see the ad, they're going to click it, and there could be like sort of three pages being presented for one ad sort of being noticed where Facebook would be complete. It's a completely different experience. Yeah, actually, you've got a good point there, Ben. On on Google, for example you're actually searching for something. So if something similar gets advertised, surely you've got an interest right there because you're actually searching for it rather Indeed. than it you do just have randomly a, a, popping up on your, you know. Yeah, mm. there are, there's and a high likelihood even, that you will click on those advertisements. And advertising on other sites could be quite directed. Like if you're on a hardware store, there could be adverts that are quite particular to a hardware store that you might think, oh, that's relevant. Whereas people on Facebook, you know, they're not there for any reason whatsoever. So there is nothing there that's relevant to them. Yeah. You're not there to buy something. You're not there looking for to spend money on anything. You're there to do the stuff that you do on Facebook. Yeah. You're there because there's somebody in the toilet and you've got to wait for five minutes. 
Yeah. <laughs> I can't find I can't I just googled something and I can't see any sponsored ads here. But even then I, I just kind of ignore them anyway. Even I just I've just always ignored the sponsored ads on Google. What is yeah, it? A lot of people are like that. They you've you've developed a, a blind spot to the yeah. the sponsored advertising. You just treat it like any other advertising. And no script yeah. has helped me. I brought the internet with JavaScript turned off. Ah, uh, yeah, that helps. <laughs> yeah. Plus after yeah, yeah, after you said it, I went to Facebook to try and find them and there were none because I've got ad block which just blocks anything well, there you everything go. anyway. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. So, how effective are, are these things at, at all? I, I guess I, I look. I'll be honest. I was surprised. I thought that on Facebook you might get a better return. I, I still think it would be low. You know, you know, we're talking in the in the you know one percent or whatever it is. But I still thought it would be better than say a general web advertising. And that's the bit that appears not to be the case. Nah, it, it's like everywhere else. Yeah, so GM. I mean, sorry, think about 1% of Facebook's traffic, though. I mean, like, seriously. Like, yeah, that's I mean, a- trade, trade <laughs> me in New Zealand can move a terabyte a night at a busy, you know, on a busy night. Like, Facebook is a ridiculous number of page presentations. 1% of that is crazy to think about. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know how many click-throughs that translates to, but it, it would be a lot. I, I hear what you're saying. And, you know, at GM, though, they the thing is with GM, they it was $10 million, I, I just looked it up. It was $10 million they spent last year, and uh, I, I think that they're pulling that right out. Who's going to buy a car because of an ad on Facebook? <laughs> well, that's what they've yeah, discovered. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're not pulling out, however, of their the free Facebook pages and all that sort of stuff. Um, no, was, they're they're keeping say, their yeah. GM page and all that sort of stuff because yeah. they are they are free. That is free advertising and free way to interact yeah. with their community and to build up a community itself, which is what Facebook is about. Facebook is about building communities, mm-hmm. and that is available to them free. So that's that's where Facebook could have made money and made pages for corporations be paid for. And a lot of that money that GM was pushing into Facebook and is still committed to pushing into Facebook is to pay for the people to develop the content which goes on their free Facebook page and all of the associated stuff around that. Yeah, I was going to say, you made a good point, that I don't know how effective the ads are, but Facebook as a tool, I know you've can be quite effect, like effective advertising, and especially there's become a recent trend where people have competitions and you have to share and like things. Yeah, yeah. and you yes. share it, and then other and people that share, is a, they share it. It just gets so many things. Yeah, it's a brilliant way to utilize a, a free facility that Facebook has provided to get that community interaction, and that is where the crux of that engagement with your you know, basically your market uh, is. And that's where Facebook could have made money if they had done that differently. Mm. All right. Well, you know what? That's really, those are the only two stories we had this week. There really wasn't a lot that happened. It, it was it was a very boring week. Yeah, well, it's because everybody was playing Diablo 3. Actually, there you go. I, was, I was about to say maybe <laughs> Apple released something, but no, it's actually this time Diablo 3. That's what it is. That's exactly what it is, Brett. Indeed. Why bother bringing out some new shiny toy when everyone's too busy playing Diablo 3 to notice? Well, it's also because the people who would bring out the new shiny toy were too busy playing Ah, Diablo 3. Ah, the journalists, yeah. (laughs) You're probably right. (laughs) 
That is exact. I think it's spot on there, Brett. That's exactly what's happening. Everyone's. In fact, no one's going to listen to this podcast, this episode, are they? No, no, because they'll be too busy playing Diablo Three. That's exactly right. They'll skip this one. Someone Maybe just, someone will pipe it into the Diablo Three game so other people can listen to it. Hey, that, can you do that? That would be cool. Motivational speaking. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes look I tell you what before we uh, uh, just round the episode off Asim where to next uh, for you you're, you're doing medicine what's kind of in the pipeline for you apart from you, you know your degree and, and going on from there is there anything else you're, you're doing at the moment any projects any side sort of things going on well um, not really to be honest Edwin um, <laughs> the whole medicine course will last five years and yeah so I'll see <laughs> <laughs> see, see, it's, it's just so long. But right now, I've, I've started um, DJing. Oh, have you? So that's keeping me, that's keeping oh, me that's occupied. What, just at, at local, uh, you know, clubs and stuff, or? Uh, well, I'm or are you not talking radio? Quite there yet. I, I, at first, I got like a little MIDI controller, so I could just kind of digital. But now, I've, I've just recently purchased some decks, some vinyl decks. All right. So, oh, so I'm ripped. I, I don't have any needles on the end of the the arm. But I'm really looking forward to kind of starting to properly DJ. Right, you're starting. Uh, have you thought of a DJ name for you yet? <laughs> no, I haven't, no. <laughs> what kind of music? Um, well, I guess, I, I don't know what kind of music, but I, I'm quite into, I, I don't know, I quite like a lot of music. I think um, I'm not, I, I find the music that they play at the clubs a bit boring now. Yeah, starting to get a bit boring. They keep replaying it. Right, that's why we that's why we need you to mix it up a bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm quite into house kind of stuff. Surely you have to be DJ drum pants. <laughs> DJ drum pants. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, DJ drum pants. Incorporate. <laughs> yeah, that's what you do. You build an adapter that allows you to incorporate the the um interactivity of the drum pants into the the yeah, DJ. Yeah, there you go. And you can do your, yeah, your scratching yeah. and stuff on your pants. <laughs> they look weird. Yeah, yeah. Don't you could. <laughs> hey, that's good. There you go. All right, DJ Drum Pants. Well, that's your interim name, at least, anyway, until you uh, until you decide on something else. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I'll take it. All right, look, anyway, that's. Uh, I think I'm going to uh, end the episode right there. As I say, everyone is currently out there playing Diablo 3. No one's listening to, to the podcast. No one's doing anything else. So let's just end this while we can. How's that? All in favour? Okay. Okay. Say aye. Aye. You. Excellent. No, oh, Brett, trust you. <laughs> anyway, Asim, thank you very much for uh, coming back on the show. I think your third appearance, I believe. Does that sound right? No. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, no, not at all. I've had a really good time. <laughs> no, it's been really good catching up. And, you know, you, you must come on the show again some other time. I will Especially yeah, when it's a more interesting week as well. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> and if we leave it long enough and you've sort of mixed some tracks and stuff, we can maybe use that as our outro one for one episode, if you'll allow us to, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah that'd be awesome. <laughs> idea, yeah. Excellent. Good stuff. All right. Take care, Asim. Thank you very much. And Ben, also, thank you for joining us on the panel. Oh, it was a pleasure. It was good, good having you back. And uh, Brett, last but not least, thank you once again as well. Always fun, Ed. Excellent. And that concludes episode 167 of New Zealand's longest running tech podcast. See you again next week, everyone. Goodbye. Bye bye.